Daily Grind Podcast presents Reading Segment. All right, it's been a while. Uh, hello and welcome back. Uh, reading Segment is really important to me. I wish I was doing more of it. I'm sorry about some noise in the background. I uh, just wanted to introduce this new series. Basically, it's not just books, uh, and uh, I'm still reading uh, the Tools of Titans, which I will continue to record for reading segments, but I decided to also diversify the portfolio of reading segment episodes. And since I just recently signed up for Medium uh, membership, which allows me to read pretty awesome articles by pretty awesome authors, which are usually four to, to 10 minute reads, I thought, why not record those and give credit to those amazing people and also share those things with you because obviously those are very important topics and those are the things that I read. So reading segment, there you go. Uh, so I want to start off by uh, reading this article here on Medium, uh, which is called When You Like Your Job But You Hate Your Culture, Your Office Culture. How to navigate a, works, uh, a workplace environment that doesn't click with you personally and how to know when to leave. This article was written by Stephanie Buck uh, on December 18th, 2018. So it's, it's, it's a pretty fresh one. It's just a four-minute read. So this is the one I'm starting this reading segment with. Usually I will try to keep them under one hour because, well, I just love reading different uh, points of view. And uh, most of the articles will be, uh, I mean, the articles will be really diverse in terms of topics and industries. So it's not just business or startups or technology, just a whole bunch of other stuff as well, like art and stuff. So when you like your job, but hate your office culture, I'm going to share this with uh, our head of uh, human resources for sure, Techery, because this is a pretty, pretty cool one. Okay, uh, it goes like this. The problem with company culture is that one employee's ideal situation can be another's personal hell. Maybe you thrive in, in efficient, non nonsense environments and prefer to keep your work and personal life separate, but your colleagues turn every meeting into a chatty catch-up and always invite the office staff to their birthday parties. Maybe you crave fun in the office uh, that's mostly silent, sterile, and stiff. You're not a toxic environment. You're not in a toxic environment necessarily. It's more that it's not just a fit. And culture aside, your work is solid. You're good at what you do. You enjoy doing it. So should you stick around? How do you know when to bail? Is culture really that important to getting the job done? This has really only become a thing in the past few, dec a few decades uh, as more workplaces have begun to pay attention to company culture. While every office culture is different, some rules apply universally. A good culture is one where employees feel valued and supported. A bad one has booing and abuse. Research has shown that companies with positive cultures have more product, uh, productive employees, which leads to higher profit margins. Unhappy employees don't stick around, and recruiting and training their replacements can cost six to nine months worth of the original employee's salary. Investing in company culture isn't philanthropy, it's ROI. But it can be tricky to determine an organization's culture short of actually working there. It doesn't help that many companies and media uh, portrayals conflate perks, foosball tables, um, beer kegs, dry cleaning services, donut Fridays with, with culture. In, re 
recruitment officers often lead uh, with perks because they're easy to communicate and quantify to prospective employees. The definition of culture, on the other hand, is irritatingly amorphous. It's the way we do things around here, says culture consultant Marcella Bremer, quoting Hewlett-Packard's influential 1980s manifesto, considered one of the first major company acknowledgments on the importance of organizational culture. Others boil culture down to personal interactions. I define company culture as the way people treat each other at work, says executive coach Chris Edmonds, founder of the Purposeful Culture Group. Most experts agree, however, that culture comprises a set of commonly shared values and group behaviors reflected in patterns over time. There is no way to know for sure that prospective employees will match with their office culture, but a few simple tools and approaches make the detective work simpler. If you are considering a new role, start by researching Glassdoor and Yelp for employee reviews. Check to see whether your prospective company has publicly defined its cultural values. If the company is high-profile enough to have been written about, uh, see how articles describe the office and employee interactions. Uh, should you make it to the interview stage, be bold with questions that stretch a recruiter beyond the script. Consultant and executive coach Margot Folks recommends asking about what kinds of behaviors and accomplishments are rewarded, as well as what happens when someone makes a mistake, and always, always ask to take a tour of the office. Uh, here's a quote. I would ask myself, is this an inconvenience or is this a problem? Is this what I'm encountering affecting my ability to success uh, to be successful in my job? End of quote. Still, let's say you've already been at the job a while, long enough to be well aware of the culture mismatch. Is it worth it to stay? To figure out the answer, start by troubleshooting the issues. Say you're uh, perturbed by all the dishes people leave in the uh, break room sink and view it as a lack of respect. Here's a quote. I would ask myself, is this an inconvenience or is this a problem? And the quote folks says, is what I'm encountering affecting my ability to be successful in my job? If not, you're, you might be able to overlook it. Also consider your own work setup. Salespeople out in the field setting their own hours might have an easier time dealing with an undesirable culture than people who work on internal processes in, the office, in an office. For the latter, a bad environment might be a deal breaker. The more independence you have, the more it's possible to cope with a cultural mismatch, says John Cotter, chairman of uh, leadership consulting firm Cotter International and professor uh, emeritus on Harvard Business School. The less independence, the harder. If you do choose to stay, though, know that you'll face an uphill battle. Folks uh, who coaches teams under, undergoing dramatic cultural shifts encourages managers to communicate to their teams that they must make a proactive choice when unhappy, stay or go. You can't stay and quit, so you'll need to put in more effort to stay productive and motivated than you might need to elsewhere. Realistically, you probably can't do much to change a culture into something more in line with your personality. Many experts insist culture change by one person 
is virtually impossible if that person isn't the boss. And even then, it's difficult. An employee does not have the ability or power to change the team or company culture. Only senior leaders can change a company culture, and most don't pay attention to culture, much less know how to redefine a band or broken culture, Edmund says. You could try to take the smaller step of developing a culture bubble with you direct with your direct coworkers or team aligning on expectations and values with the people who have the most influence over your day-to-day life, Bremer suggests. Your team might develop positive support, creativity, and great results. Your team might inspire other teams in the organization to do the same. You should also ask yourself, though, if all this extra work is worth it in the long run. It's possible for a person to be good at their job even if they hate their office culture, but they'll, ex- they'll be exhausted, Edmund says. If they can manage the overhead of dealing with difficulty with difficult players and systems daily, God love them. They can exist, but they won't thrive. It's up to you to wait uh, whether or not to stay, but if you truly love the work you're doing, consider finding a place where you're set up to give it your all. End of story. <clears throat> do I agree with it or not? I do not. Uh, and I'm not sharing it with my head of HR as well. This was the first time that I read this article. Uh, why do not I agree? Uh, simple. This is a very victimizing article to me. Uh, the employee who's suffering from uh, cultural abuse, let's put it this way, you know, someone left the dishes or you know, people chat on uh, stupid birthday parties and whatever. I mean, all that stuff is is, is just victimizing the person that were that, that is the subject of this of this article. Basically, uh, it means that you either stay or you or, or you go. No, it's not the only choice. I mean, if you decide to be part of a company, first of all, it's your responsibility. Uh, yes, you do need to do that research, uh, but that research really won't help you much because. From my experience working with different companies from small to really large corporations, you can always find people who are for and who are against. Like, how do you make that distinction that that company is great? There is no great company in terms of, you know, people 100% being on board unless it's a, I don't know, a three people company or a 10 people company. After 15 people, you will always have at least one who's a little, you know, who's a little less happy. Let's put it this way. Or, you know, who's a little, uh, you know, outside the, the the bubble or who's not in sync with the culture that has been created. Uh, the culture, basically, uh, you know, th- there has to be a foundation. It's self-respect, professionalism, obviously. And most of all, it's the desire to contribute to, uh, to, to, to the overall goal. And uh, we forget about that one all the time. That's why I think companies should not be hiring people who are not really goal-oriented and who are just, uh, it's like you, you're not hiring, it's like Ben Horowitz said, you don't have to hire people for uh, lack of weaknesses. You have to hire them for, for the strengths they have, for the powers they possess. So, and this is the same thing here. If you're not happy with what's going on culture-wise, then just say it. Uh, be the one who leads by example. Be the one who uh, introduces the change. Talk about it to more people. Uh, find people who influence, not culture, but who influence change in the company. If you were like a very small, low-level employee, for example, and you hate to see some things happening in the company, then 
well, be smart enough to find people who actually make those changes happen and introduce your changes, like make your voice heard, uh, stand out, you know, and, and, you know, be loud about things that you're not happy about. Don't just go, I don't know, don't just suffer, be a victim of all this shit. And then, I don't know, talk to HR secretly and, uh, uh, basically put all the all, all the load of responsibility for creating and changing the culture on somebody else's shoulders it's your responsibility because you are feeling this way if you are feeling this way be responsible for your feelings and being responsible for your feelings means that you do something about it if you don't do anything about it and your only choice is go or leave well in my opinion i might not want to have that kind of employee in my company I want my employees to stand out, to stand up tall and talk about issues and discuss issues with me and, and other managers and stuff like that. And they always do because the culture has to be uh, free speech. The, the, the culture is basically the ability of people to articulate their issues freely and openly and being able to actually make a change. And, and, and that's what culture is. Uh, everything else is just really perks and and uh, adjustments and advancements uh, on the infrastructural level. But culture, it's internal, and internal is feelings and emotions. And if employees have no way to transform their negative feelings about something into positive changes or actions, that that there's no culture then. Uh, and sometimes companies try to replace culture with processes. Doesn't work that way. Uh, processes are there to implement culture, but culture is the fundamental right of people to make a change if uh, they see the need for the change. That's culture. Uh, in all sorts of way, starting from let's use this new technology, it's really cool and here's how I see it can benefit and company actually adopts that idea to, hey, whoever leaves that, that uh, dirty dishes in the sink, get the fuck back to the kitchen and wash it because I hate to see it every day. And you send the, the email company-wide or team-wide or if you know who left the dishes, you go and call out that person. That's culture. And, and I know that in our current society, it's one of the most unpopular opinions because while we all tend to hide behind processes and other people and whatever, polite correctness, polite correctness and all that shit, but it has to be absolutely eradicated from company culture because companies are uh, live organisms. They have goals and they have, uh, they have people working inside and people have emotions and people need to handle the issues and they need to be able to make a change. I thank you for listening to these re reading segment. I'm going to record more articles today. And uh, well, here's something to think about, right? Uh, you can comment and I wish you do, about what you think culture is and how you see culture being implemented in your companies. Thank you so much. Like, share, subscribe. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this reading segment. Don't forget to check out more segments on the Daily Grind podcast. You can always connect with Alex on Instagram and LinkedIn to start a meaningful conversation or just for the sake of it. That's it for today guys, come back tomorrow for more.